Hey guys, we're back for another episode of Build Your Own Fairy Tale, the podcast for women who aren't willing to settle and they want more out of life, more of the magic that life has to offer to build that ultimate fairy tale, or you know what, something even better than you could have dreamed of. This is your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to get out there and make your own magic. So consider yourself sprinkled with fairy dust and let's go. Hello and welcome back. You are tuning in to part two of our focus on work. Because whether you're climbing the ladder or just holding down a J-O-B, we spend a lot of time at work. So it'd be silly not to try to make that time enjoyable, right? So we're about to jump back into a conversation with Emily Landgraf. Emily is a career and life coach who focuses on connecting well-being, mindset, and energy to career confidence and professional satisfaction. We're picking back up on the conversation here with part two and focusing on the interview. Hopefully you took some time after our last episode, part one of this conversation, to reflect and update your resume. Now, let's jump back in with Emily, starting with her go-to tips on acing the interview. Well, so then naturally next, we've done, if you've done it as you're advising, right, you've reflected, you've written a powerful resume, so you've landed the interview, right? And you may get that question of, so what do you want? So what are your go-to tips on acing that interview? So first off, your interview starts with your resume and with that work. So don't think that your interview is just a point in time. Realize that all of the work that you did to reflect and then all of the work that you did to build your resume is where you're able to build and where you're going to be most prepared for your interview. So don't think that it's just that point in time. But in your interview, there's, I think, two core things to ace. And maybe I might even expand that to three. First and foremost, do not miss the opportunity in the beginning most 99% of interviews open with tell me about yourself. It seems like a simple lob question. It's not, a, it is a simple lob question if you prepared for it. It's not a question that you want to win. When they ask you that question, this is your opportunity to demonstrate to them some structure about the way that you think, to introduce yourself in a way where you're communicating messages that you want them to hear about you. It is an open-ended opportunity to tell them a little bit about what you've been doing, how you got into it, some of your accomplishments, and then to be able to tell them, why am I sitting in front of you based on that background, based on what you have? And that should be roughly in like a few minutes. You don't want, you don't want to take too long with it. I have a friend who always says, if you want me to speak for two hours, I can start right now. But if you want me to speak for two minutes, I need to just start last week, right? <laughs> to, speak, to speak for two minutes, it's not easy to get all of the messages across and to seem concise. So first and foremost, it's that tell, tell me about yourself and make sure that you're prepared for that question. Okay. Second, it's about answering with stars and having structure to your answers. Oh, you had a great Star Wars reel on this. So uh, tell us more. May the fourth be with you. Yes. <laughs> so a star is a really commonly accepted, um, it's a commonly accepted behavioral interview technique where you answer questions that the interviewer gives you by talking about the situation that you were faced with, talking about the task that was at hand, the action that you took, and then the result that you got. This is a super structured way to do it. Many interviewers are familiar with it. And as an interviewee and as a candidate, it's also a really easy way to make sure that you are speaking about something. You ever have that interview, right? I can see it on your face, like that interview question where you're like, did I answer the question? <laughs> yeah. did, that, did that make sense? 
The STAR methodology is a really clear way to make sure that you've taken them through situation to result. And the reason for that is it really allows you to tell a story about the things that you've done. So for example, if you are a sales rep and you landed a large client and signed a contract for multiple millions of dollars, right? You could tell the story if they ask you about a time where you had to work with someone and had to get influence them to come to your side of things, right? You could tell the story of, I was working with this customer and they weren't really that into us. And so I had to figure out how to get them to purchase our, to renew the contract on our product. What I did to do that is I met often, I identified the senior leaders in their team. I met often with them. I did some demos and talked to them about our product and really cultivated the relationship to be able to share with them what was so great about the product, listened and understood, learned what that was what they were looking for. And ultimately, as I built that relationship over three months of time, I was able to close the deal for $3 million worth of sales. Started with the fact that it was a difficult relationship, knew that I had to get the sale, talked to you about what I did, and told you the results. So as an interviewer, now you know a little bit more about how I might approach things. You can tell that I handled how I might handle a situation like that and how I might be able to get you that those results in the future. Yeah. And I think that last part's so critical. I know I've had, you know, reflected on that in my career and interviews of like a final piece of like why it's going to, why it's going to be helpful in this particular role that I am now interviewing for of, yeah, I got the contract for $3 million and I could do similar here for you. Or what I think that last piece is a part that I know I've left out at times been like, damn it, that's, that's what I needed to do to close it. You know? Absolutely. And you're, you know, that's, that's oftentimes what people leave out is the result. And, and that's arguably one of the most important things because they're not hiring you for what you did. They're hiring you because they want you to achieve results for them. So being able to demonstrate those results that you've achieved for them is so important. Yeah. And then I think the third thing that I would add, Kristen is so, so starting with being prepared for the, tell me about yourself, making sure that second, moving into the stars and making sure that you have a structure with the way that you're answering questions to help them understand you more effectively. And then third is making sure that you reflect and think about what are the three things that I want this person to think or know about me when I leave this interview, right? How do you want to show up for that interview? Because you're going to practice your resume. You're going to practice and you're going to know the things that you've done, but people are also hiring you for who you are and your energy. So you want to make sure that you're being yourself and coming across and demonstrating some of those core skills and and core attributes that make you unique. So being curious, having questions, making sure that you're um, being authentic, right? If you're a smiler, making sure that you smile. And so often we forget to smile in interviews. So really recognizing how do I want to show up in this interview so that you're prepared with that as well. Wow. I think those are all fabulous tips. And even again, as I'm listening to you, like explain it in this way, I keep drawing the parallels between communications and marketing of like, what are the key messages? If you're pitching to the media, like what are the key, what's that succinct story? Tell me about you. What's that succinct story that they're going to say, yep, that's going to make a great article or a great video clip for our newsreel. Or what are the key messages we want to say about this product 
what are the key messages we want the interviewer to take away about you, the interviewee? So, oh, so many parallels that I've never really put in that context before. Absolutely. I always talk about, I love, I love that connection that you just made. I always talk about when you are thinking about the line in your resume, it's a tweet. You want to tell them enough so that they want to click in. You want them to click for more details so that they learn more about Kristen based on all of the tweets that you put on your resume in, in that short amount of characters. And it's, it's the same. And when you think about marketing, right, you're trying to get them to want to come in. You want them to be intrigued by those messages. You want them to want to engage with you around it. You do. So these are really good. What about too, though, if there's a question and you don't have an example in mind, because that's definitely come up for me before too. And I've heard others be like, ah, I totally bombed the interview because I didn't have a good answer for X. So when that happens, what are your like, don't panic type of, how do you get out of that? Yeah, it's a good question. I think first off, you already nailed it. Don't panic, right? You're going to come up with something and make sure that you give yourself time to think about right? Make sure that you give yourself the space to reflect on the answer. So it's a conversation that you're having with an interviewer. It's not like, they're not grilling you and you don't have to necessarily answer like immediately. So you can take time and say something like, oh, that's a good question. Let me, let me take a second to think about that. Now you don't have minutes. So I'll, I'll I'll preface with that, (laughs) but you, that's an okay thing to say. That's a really good question. Let me think about an example for that. Then take some deep breaths and find something off of your resume or in your space to be able to think. But I think so often we feel like we have to answer immediately and we can't think about it. Like if it's not already on the tip of our tongue, then we already failed, right? We missed the opportunity. We screwed up that answer, but you didn't. I'll also speak to, I had this exact experience in an interview recently. And I left being like, yeah, I answered most of the questions right. And I felt like I did well with most of the answers, but there was one where I was like, I definitely didn't have an answer. And so it wasn't good, but it turned out to be a great interview. And it turned out that they really did like me within that. And so there's so often that it's going to creep into your head that that one thing that may not have been the answer that you wanted to give or that you thought was super buttoned up. Every answer doesn't necessarily have to be a total home run. It just has to be some sort of a hit, right? You just have to make sure that you get on base with some of them, so to speak, use, to use some yeah. baseball analogies, but you're not always going to have an awesome answer for everything. So don't beat yourself up about that and recognize like, the preparation that you've done to know your resume, to prepare with stars, to prepare with answers. That's what's going to ha- give you the toolbox to grab answers or to repurpose thoughts and things. But If it's not exactly what you wanted to say and it's not perfect, give yourself some space and some grace. I love that. We we really do need to give ourselves that grace because it's that negativity bias. You can walk away and have nailed six questions and have fabulous star answers, but it's the one that you're like, ooh, I don't know if I did it, that you're thinking about, right? And it's like, but you ace every other question of that interview or you feel really good about it, you know? That is where our minds are trained to go. We are always looking and scanning for what we should be afraid of, how we should protect ourselves and finding that I should have been better here as opposed to recognizing that you got five out of six things and you crushed them. And the sixth one was just not that great. You didn't totally blow up. It just wasn't exactly what you wanted it to be. And so defining what success looks like for you 
I think is a really important piece in an interview because so often we think that the only success measure of an interview is getting the job. And sure, that is an ideal outcome, but there's also so much that you can learn about yourself through just the interview process. And you may get to the end of the interview process and decide you don't want the job. I think that actually leads to another point if I can take us in a slightly different direction. Remember in an interview that you're interviewing them too. It's not just about you being evaluated. So this is where it's so important to go through that first phase of reflection to know what is it that you want? Because if you're interviewing for, if you go through your reflection process and you say, I'd like to work on a high performing team. I want to you know, be able to be creative. I want to be able to have autonomy. And you're in an interview process and you're not seeking to understand if that's what the team is like, if that's what the environment that you're getting yourself into is, you may take a job in a team where leadership is micromanaging and it's not a high-performing team. Your teammates aren't really people that you want to work with and get along with. So remember, even though you do want the job and you're seeking to understand more about and share more about yourself so that they are interested in hiring you, they should also be equally as interested in demonstrating to you why you should want to work on that team, why it's an exciting place to be, what's inspiring about the mission that you'd be getting on board with may be of interest. And that's such an excellent point because yeah, you you feel like it's all in their hands, the power is in their hands. And to a degree it is if they're going to make you an offer, but yeah, you have the power too to, to write that fairy tale, to write the story of, yeah, is this a fit for me? And hopefully you can tell a lot from those interactions leading out to it. Sometimes it's too late. You get there. You're like, oh yeah, maybe this isn't it, but (laughs) you have that power too. And it's something I feel like I've most easily forgotten, right? And that when you're going through the interview process. So thank you for that reminder. I'll add a fourth piece of tips to it, which is make sure that you have questions for your interviewer and make sure that you have questions about the company, right? So it can be, I like to, I like to think about the types of questions that you might ask in different buckets. So you can ask about some questions about the job itself, right? You can be asking about, well, what does my day-to-day look like in the job? What does success look like in the job? You know, what, what, are the, what are the key deliverables of the role? You can ask about the type of candidate and the, and the attributes of someone in that role. So what are the key skills that you think need to be successful in this role? What maybe attitude or personality type do you think is, best, is a best fit for this role? So being curious for them about who might be a good fit for it. And then third, being curious about the company itself. So what is the company culture like? Or depending on if it's a really big company, you want to understand what the team culture is like, but you want to understand what does the team dynamic look like? What is the bigger vision for the team or the organization so that you're gaining more information? So the three different areas to be able to interview them on around what's the job like, what, you know, what, what is the ideal candidate like? And then what's the company? I love those because I've, I personally have struggled with what are those questions? Because there is always that question for you at the end of like, do you have any questions for us out and outside of the, what are next steps? Tell me about timing. Sometimes it's like, oh crap, what, what should I ask so that they know that I'm interested? They know that I've done my research. So I like how you just outlined that so simply. It's so important too, from like a curiosity perspective, because how often do you see people, right? If you don't have any questions, it can make an interviewer wonder, like, are you interested in this? Have you, have you really thought mm-hmm. about this? It demonstrates that I'm being really strategic about thinking about these things 
and your questions can tell a lot to the interviewer about who you are and how you might perform in that role as well. So all parts of the interview are parts of the interview. Don't, you know, don't get caught up in thinking, oh, it's over and now it's my turn to ask you questions and they're still not seeking to understand more about you. It's a learning exchange in an interview. Mm, I like that description of a learning exchange. Emily, I have a really hard question because you've given us so many amazing tips. I don't know how you're going to whittle it down, but what is the one action tip that we can take this next week or coming weeks or where you would recommend starting so that we can find happiness within our work, whatever that looks like? If you're struggling and you know thinking about what your next role might be or trying to understand, am I in the right place? I think the first and most critical thing to do is to create some gratitude about where you are. Whether you're miserable in your job or you're somewhat happy in your job or you're really loving your job, whatever that is, it's so important to start with that recognition of all the blessings and gifts that you have. And by recognizing that, it starts to shift your attitude and shift your mindset of starting to find the positives, starting to see the opportunities. And it changes how you might interact with your job search in general. And your attitude in your job search, I think is such a core piece of what it is. And finding gratitude in my mind is the foundational way for how you start to shift your attitude and your awareness to the positives, and and the way that you might show up differently. I was not expecting that, but I love it. And I'm having this like light bulb over my head moment of you're talking about mindset. And I feel like so far on this podcast, we've talked a lot about, or more so in the you know home and personal space than in the job and career. And mindset has come up over and over again. And to hear you say it now, as we're talking specifically in work, I'm like, oh yeah, no kidding. Mindset makes a huge difference. So that theme has come up time and time again. I think it is really, I'm receiving the message on how important that is. And I love that you are trying to focus on that gratitude. So I think that's something we can all, all try to practice more of whether or not it's, it's for the job or for something else. So I love that. And I don't know about you. I can speak for myself and would love to hear your thoughts on it too. But when I find myself to be in like a difficult space or a difficult place or frustrated or sometimes it's hard to find the gratitude, right? Like your mindset just gets so stuck in that those negative spins. Yep. But when you really try to find it, all of a sudden then the switch flips and you're like, oh, and look at that amazing light that that lamp is giving off. Look at those, you know, look at how comfy these shoes are on my feet. (laughs) And those little things change, right? So you go from the bigger, broader gratitude things to really getting into the nitty gritty and those small things that you realize that are wonderful about your day and that you're so lucky to be able to have. I think that that shift is essential for all of us in in being able to move towards how do I want to grow next? You know, it's so easy to get caught in a fixed mindset in our careers. It's so easy to get caught in. I'm stuck here. I can't go anywhere else. I don't know how I would go anywhere else. I'm not qualified. Insert fixed mindset statement here for me pouring gratitude all over it is, can help you to shift into that growth mindset of, I, I could be something different. I could do something different. I can contribute to that team over there. How do I get there? 
starts to get you more creative about seeking those ways to be able to move and shift and change your own space and your own circumstances and build your own fairy tale. I love it. And on that positive, uplifting note, Emily, if you could be a fictional or fairy tale character, who would you be? No, Kristen, you prepped me with this one. And I thought a little bit about it. And for me, my mind immediately went to Belle from Beauty and the Beast. And I went to her for a handful of reasons. I went to her first and foremost because she was so independent. She truly didn't care what was going on around her and how people saw her and how people, you know, the townspeople's perception of her. Um, And I think I went to her because I am guilty of getting caught in what other people think of me so often. I think we all are. Exactly. I think we all are. That's fair. Except Belle, apparently. (laughs) Um, So I think I've been getting better at it, but I think that's such an important thing to be seeking and to be working towards and finding that inner happiness uh, that, that she really had of that contentment of I can be here and I like to do these things and this is who I am. And all of you around me are wonderful contributors to my life, but the, the happiness really comes from within. And I, I think she was also, you know, curious in um, thinking about how do things work and, and particularly her dad with all of his inventions and everything that he was doing. There was a lot of curiosity in that, in that movie and space. And then I think finally, what really excited me about her was just her courage to be able to, to step into the unknown, to recognize that the beast was scary, but I can, I can handle this and I can do it. And, and just loving the outcome of that, of, you know, when we are comfortable and confident with ourselves and we do things that might be a little bit scary, um, the outcome may be something that is our own fairy tale and the outcome may be something that is the unexpected. And so I think I'm, I think I'm going with Belle <laughs> as my fictional character. I, I think you are too. You just convinced me that was, there was were three very solid reasons for Belle. I love it. Also like she was, she was in France. She got to eat like, you know, she was always eating like baguettes and like dancing. I feel like dancing through, I guess any Disney princess is dancing through somewhere at some point <laughs> and singing. I have become quite a singer and dancer in my recent in my recent life. One of the main ways that I like to decompress is to walk down the beach and dance and sing by myself. You're Belle. You're dancing by yourself and you don't care that the people are watching you on the beach. Exactly. So I'm, I'm basically already Belle. There you go. I love it. Do you have a book in your hands too? I mean... No book. No, no. I, I'm the modern upgrade of my iPhone. Oh, I like it. The modern, the modern bell. Okay. Awesome. I'm holding my iPhone, listening to Spotify. Yep. But awesome. Well, Emily, tell us, tell our listeners where they can find you, how they can work with you and get more of these amazing tips and tricks and all these mindset things that we just talked about. I mean, I'm excited about all of them. So tell us how we can find more of you. Yeah, absolutely. So the best two ways to find me are um, at my name. So emily.landgraf on Instagram, emilylandgraf.com online. And I absolutely look forward to hopefully hearing from some of you and, you know, just supporting all of you and wherever you want to go in life, because whatever, wherever you are, whatever place you're in, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And you're coming to these things and congratulations for getting this far in this world and excited for what's coming next for you. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. That was a perfect way to close. Uh, I so appreciate it. Me too. Thanks for having me, Kristen. This was so fun. I don't know about you, but that reminder right there, you are exactly where you need to be, was exactly what I needed to hear. So much of what Emily spoke to fits so well with my vision for Build Your Own Fairy Tale. I hope you found it helpful and we'll get started this week in pouring some gratitude over any and all areas of your life. Because we are blessed. We are grateful. And when we look at things from that point of view, it's so much easier to shift your mindset and get unstuck from wherever you may be on your career path or any area of life. I referenced this a few times in our discussion, but Emily puts out some amazing tips on Instagram. You can follow her at emily.landgraf. Last but not least, if you know someone who might enjoy this episode or benefit from it, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe or leave a review. Thanks again for being here. I'm not giving up on my dreams, and I hope you won't either. I'm Kristen Latini, and this is Build Your Own Fairytale. When I set out on my solopreneur journey, I wanted to be the most organized and professional without spending a lot of money. Sound familiar? That's when I discovered a customer relationship management platform called 17 Hats, a game changer even if you're a newbie without tons of clients. Here are three quick reasons why I love 17 Hats. Number one, it allowed me to replace my scheduling tool. Hello, one less subscription to pay for. Number two, I can effortlessly send quotes, contracts, and invoices, helping me look super professional. And number three, magical workflows that allow me to automatically send emails and reminders without being tied to my inbox 24-7. The best part is they've got a free seven-day trial so you can check it out firsthand. And if you decide to purchase, here's the best part. Use code FAIRYTALE for a 50% discount off your first year subscription. So head on over to 17hats.com and check it out. Here's to simplifying and making things more magical.